0: Youth ministry can always use some big ideas, ideas that are faithful to relational ministry, but also provide some crazy, fun, and life-giving resources for youth leaders, youth in leadership, and the church. Now that's religion. This is the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast your source for information, discussion, and feedback in youth ministry of all shapes and sizes. Now, here are your hosts, Michelle Thomas-Bush and Cliff Haddocks. Welcome to the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast as we continue on into season two. And here for episode three, we're going to be talking Camino pilgrimages. We're going to be talking about all the things that youth can take away from that experience and also the leaders and how important and first of all, what it even is and we'll get to that in just a moment but Michelle it's good to have you with us today and it's also good, good to have with us Allison Billings middle school coordinator at Myers hey. Park Presbyterian Church it's good to have you with us too
1: Thanks Allison is going to, Allison's going to lead our top 5 list. We've been starting out with a top 5 uh list of ideas and so I've asked mm-hmm. Allison she is the queen of contact work, queen of reaching out to young people. So Allison, what are the top 5 ways we can do contact work with our young people?
2: Sure. Um, So I'm going to start with five and like my number five.
0: I keep
1: saying Uh, top 10, don't I? But I really mean top five.
0: Don't get us sued by David Letterman. That's still a thing. So
2: (laughs) I'm going to count backwards too. Um, So number five is use technology to your advantage. So like my favorite newish app that I use with youth is Be Real. Um, I actually think this is a really cool way that I get to see what they do, not at church or not during school. And it also works um, both ways, right? They get to see I have a life outside of church and that I don't just live there, which I think sometimes they do think. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's lots of other new apps, but that's just my current favorite. Um, Number four, I love to use days off of school as a way to um, find some time where they don't really have anything planned. So we've done like pizza lunch or breakfast out, um middle schoolers love to meet up for um like ice cream or frozen yogurt and it's a short amount of time right it's like a half an hour be here we'll be there and people just show up and we get a chance to check in with each other um Allison you also did like a
1: impromptu soccer game didn't you one time at one of the neighborhood schools on a on a day off a
2: snow day. Yes. Yeah. There's a park not that far from church where we heard like a bunch of kids are meeting up for um, soccer or games. And so we picked up like a case of Gatorade and went over there and just hung out for a while and got to see them. And um, it was a great time. It was, and it was also like um, manageable, right? You have all this other stuff going on while you're trying to plan for the week and taking a half an hour or 45 minutes to go see them is it's fun. And it's a great break. And it was really manageable. All right, number three. Three. Um, if I have a kid who has like something specific that's happened, like an injury or uh, something small like that, I uh, I mail a lot of notes. So I drop a note in the mail. Sometimes if it's like they've had a concussion or something like that, I'll drop like a Jenny's ice cream coin also. In, yeah, like in the note with them. So it's like, oh, we're thinking about you. And they know that they're loved and that they've been remembered. So, um. And then moving on to number two is just a stop at their house or a one-on-one visit. Is uh, It always works well, right? It's not just about seeing them if they've had a hard day, that works great. If you if you need to stop by and drop off a donut or something like that, if they need a hug, but also to use this time to do some faith formation. So not all of our visits are just about relationship building, but some of them um, we try to schedule right. at least like once during their time in youth ministry that they have a one-on-one faith check-in with us so that we sit down and have a conversation about where they're at and their journey. If they have questions, um, or if there's a faith practice they're really loving right now. So using that time, um, not just to build that relationship, but to have a deeper conversation behind it. Love that.
1: That's such a better, that's such a good reminder to us that we're not just reaching out to the kids, but we
2: need to be talking about faith. Right, right. And trying to figure out how to do that, not just on Sunday night when there's other kids around them, right? They get some dedicated time and space for that. All right, number Um, two. So that was number two, right? Number one. (laughs) I'm way off today.
0: There's so many good ideas. They're just running together. One big, great idea.
2: That's okay. They're just, you know, I run through them fast. Uh, Number one is to find their sports schedule or their activity or event or whatever it is and go. Um, So we try to hit two events per week if we can, two games, whatever we can fit in. Uh, and it's even better when you can invite some, some of your le- youth leaders, excuse me, or um, I've partnered with other youth workers too in the area from other churches to like meet up there and um, all go to a game, especially if we all have a lot of youth who go to one school or another, it's nice to network with them, but it, um, to also watch our kids, like our youth do something that they love and are passionate about and to be there and cheer them on is a really cool experience. Um, You also get a chance to talk to parents, right? Because while the youth are doing their thing and playing their sport, um, it gives you a chance to make some relationships with some of those parents, too. One
3: of the things
0: I love, Allison, is that all of these speak to the fact that keeping contact, it's an intentional thing, and it's a planning thing, and it's an outward thing. It's, It's not something that is accomplished by just sitting in your office and waiting for them to come to you. Um, It is going to require a little bit of effort, but those efforts, and like you said, it it pays off in those special moments that you get, not just with them, but also the parents to further that, those connections and further that relationship.
1: Well, and that builds on, Cliff, what we've been talking about for a couple of seasons on the relational ministry and how important it's less about the programs we do and more about the relationships. Yeah. Well, thank you, Allison, for being with us. We're uh, glad to have you always.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And moving to make contact with our guests for today, Shannon Guzzi and Alan Bancroft, who are going to talk to us about Camino pilgrimages. Shannon, I've got to hear a bit about this uh, when we were together at ARW this past year and get the the kind of like some of the highlights. But now is a chance to dive deep and find out more about these things and what they can mean.
1: Welcome. Glad you're here. So tell us why a pilgrimage? Well, so I think, um, first of all, what is
4: a pilgrimage? I'm going to jump to that question just because I think that's important. Um, if Depending on which kids you ask, some of them are going to say it's a sacred journey, and some of them are going to say it's a journey to a sacred place. Um, and why? It's For me, it's not so much about the destination as it is about what occurs on the trip. Um, so, Alan, I'll let you <laughs> respond next and see if you have a different answer.
3: Yeah, yeah, we couched it in, uh, yeah, sacred journey, same kind of thing, or uh, a journey, and we really leaned into um, that it's a sacred journey on the move. Uh, mm. that, that we we talked we we did the spiritual pil- pilgrimage stuff too, um, but for young people to intentionally build in something where we're uh, embodying our faith was a big part of it as well. And so, um, and like you say, the walking is you're you're even though the road is there you're you're making something happen as you walk yeah.
1: so each of y'all took your youth groups on the camino pilgrimage and then shannon you also took a group to scotland and ireland yeah so yes. um i love the idea of being on the move alan say more about that what does that mean like embodying your faith
3: yeah well i think um At various times, it seems like every couple of years, I come across some article that talks about how we, we encounter the world differently when we are moving, like something changes in our brain chemistry. Once we've been walking for a little while, we, we, we think differently. Um, I've had it as a practice for years to go on a sermon walk when I'm, whenever I'm preaching, um, to, to build out some time early in the week to go and just walk with the text for at least an hour. Mm. And, um, because I think I I just see things differently and God speaks to me in different ways uh, while I'm on the move. Uh, I also think uh, a lot of what our youth encounter at church, um, we're moving when we're doing like games or um, quote-unquote activities, but then for the faith formation stuff, we're going to we're going to sit in those couches and we're going to talk about stuff and at worship about the only motion we have is walking forward for what my 4-year-old calls um church snack for communion and um <laughs> and to try to to try to incorporate that so that that the walking itself is a faith formative practice um i Alan, i think it, yeah go ahead
1: i think this is interesting because when i think about the camino we've done it twice as well with our youth group and when I talk about it, I talk about it as a way of stopping, mm. like, and so it's interesting you have such a different way of looking at it that mm-hmm. for me it really is a chance for the kids to stop, and take a breath, and uh, to do a little bit of nothing, it's and,
3: while they're I, moving. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I and we talked about that a lot too. You know, being having it be an unplugged trip yeah, yeah. as much as possible. And I think a lot of ours, even though we we tried to kind of, you know, as you all know, you try to prepare groups for a trip, and then nobody's listening yeah. till you get there. Um, and that most of ours said by two by the second or third day that the simplicity of I get up and I walk that that was just this breath of fresh air for them. They had nothing else they had to do. We knew where we were stopping.
1: And it's a great lesson. Right. Some days you just get up and put your feet one in front of the other. Mm
3: -hmm. Right. Okay.
1: Before we get too far though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what is the Camino? What's the significance? Uh, where is it? Well,
4: well, we, we started in Spain. I mean, that's where we were, where our focus was. We, um, We're at Saria and I took college students just to be clear. And I did not know them. I was new to the church. And so I Mm -hmm. took four college students on the Camino Trail with another adult, Um, you know, college students are adults, but, um, and really did not have much contact with them prior to traveling. No pre-work. Yeah. So tried to do it via text message, sent them podcasts to listen to, begged them to walk and break in shoes. And like Alan said, like nothing really stuck until we got there and somebody was like, wow I can't use these shoes and I was like uh uh-huh so you know um so I would say more prep I wish I had more time with them beforehand but um the community we did Saria to um Santiago and it, it was beautiful and wonderful and the significance there's religious significance because they believe that is where I mean there's been pilgrimage pilgrims there walking that trail and much further than we did um for centuries right um because there's a holy site where is saint james is buried or or james the disciple
1: is buried and a beautiful cathedral at the end and worship um and so you and alan you also did uh 75 miles or ends up to be closer to 100 once you walk at night uh in all the little towns but at least yeah we
3: did the same we did the same route we started in saria and walk to Santiago. And, um, and it even, it's one of these classic things where it predates Christianity. You know, people were walking this route across Spain to head to the coast to worship the sun God. And as Christianity has done through the centuries, we look at something that's a good idea and we go ahead and steal it and, uh, and make it ours. Um, but, but yeah, so a story it's. story
1: about James, the apostle who shared the gospel all throughout Spain. Which, right. Great. But it is the way, you know, that's the the Mm -hmm. Camino is the way, which is has a great scriptural basis.
3: Yeah. And I I love I love that you see these maps and there are multiple ways to do to do the Camino. And, um, you know, of course, I don't know how much you're going to link in uh, the history or whatnot. But, you know, throughout the various centuries, it would ebb and flow as to how many pilgrims were going and and why, you know, was it were you. Pilgrimage was a way to atone for things and to get certain indulgences, but then over time, it also just became a way to uh, demonstrate one's faith. And of course, historically, we we all like you know fly in somewhere and walk it and fly home, whereas historically, you would walk there and then you got to walk home, right? It, yeah, it, it's both, right? Um, and some and, people and, still
1: do that. Yeah,
3: right, right, and Their and I'll do. I'll say too, you know, my actually. My, there's pictures of the camino behind me on our wall uh, my wife and i walked the the 500 miles um mm. a few years back so that's part of what inspired me to do this was the the um the impact it had made on me at at that point
1: i think um what are the gifts of this is that it is you're only doing 75 miles only um because you can do the 500 from different routes we did a mm-hmm. uh, portuguese route from porto to santiago with our cool. youth um but you're giving them a taste of it and mm-hmm. amazing powerful lessons along the way but my thought is is that they'll go back as young adults when they graduate college or or before they get married or whatever it is and they could do a longer route but it, you get a little taste of it and that's good for them that's good for high schoolers to to realize sometimes the destination's not the journey you know the camino provides all the th- right. The things they right. learn along the way, and I think
4: I mean for probably all of our young people, they are so um every day is so focused on success and product um it's mm-hmm. a pressure cooker, right what the lives that they live each day, so being able to step away and trying to convince them that it's not about getting to each day's destination as fast <laughs> as possible that to slow oh, down, such a challenge. Yeah. That was the hardest part with those college students was it took like three or four days to say, no, 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 we're not trying to run, you know, rush to get there, enjoy it and pause. And then they finally started doing it and appreciating it um, for what it was, but it just took a little bit of convincing.
1: Yeah, wow. it was really hard on the day when uh, Zara, the clothing store, was going to be in the town that we were going to, <laughs> to really think about yeah. Um, yeah. the the walking is the the destination because they had um even the boys had zara in mind but that was the only little uh you know culture piece that uh crept into our week uh <laughs> the rest of the time yeah. the portuguese route really has nothing along the way i mean hmm. you can be walking hours and not see one soul um even from your group which is beautiful and lovely at the same time yeah
3: I, we 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 ran into that same thing shannon where. You know I, I had this experience where we took a month to walk and you know what do we have to do and and I had really tried to impress upon them that, hey, we have all of our beds, that there's there's no hurry. take your time. We don't all have to be together all the time. This is why we had we had five what we ended up calling trip leaders because we had college students and youth. so five trip leaders and ten youth and college students saying, as long as you're in a group of three. Then, or more, it's fine. Stop at a cafe, take a minute to actually, you know, they're not going to have to-go cups, just stop. And that took, uh, the first two days, it was just this race. There was, I think, I think some, there, we, all the trip leaders talked about it. There was a big FOMO factor that we mm-hmm. did not take into account that, well, if the other eight go and have the best memory ever while I was having my coffee, Right. right that then I'm I'm going to miss it. Um, and Michelle, I used one of your ideas and had them do some solo walking, but I waited until the third day to do that.
1: Yeah. And that was a
3: big feedback from almost everybody was you should do that on day two. Like,
1: we actually did it on day one this year. Um, yeah. Because
3: it unhinges that like. Yeah. yeah.
1: We yeah. also did um, the pairing walk, like where,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
1: Cliff and I would have to walk together and we did it for like three miles so you know you had to stay together for three miles and they couldn't do it we got to the three mile mark and we all stopped at a cafe and they hadn't done it and so that was a great because you have to adjust your stride like cliff may Uh have to slow down to walk with me you know he may not he may get bored with me after 10 minutes uh
0: Man, I'm a jerk.
1: (laughs) We may get bored with each other. And then, Uh, you know, um, you want to see you have that FOMO. Like, what's the uh, other group talking about? And my Uh, students couldn't do the the
4: solo walk. Um, uh, I went first to try to pace them because the slowest person didn't want to go first. They felt like that was too much pressure. Yeah. that people would be right up behind them. So i tried to pace and go really slow. And I told them they had two minutes in between each person. And I mean, it didn't take a mile or two before I heard like giggling behind yeah. me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and they just couldn't stay away from each other because they wanted to be together. And I yeah. mean, they'd tried, but it, it
1: was yeah. it's hard. It's hard oh, to, be to be alone with your thoughts, to mm-hmm. be alone with your thoughts and to be alone is scary. And You know, the first time I did it, I remember one girl. She was like, "I cannot do it. I cannot." But then she did, and we made him walk for at least two hours in silence together. Mm And when the first person stops, if you can, you can have to keep somebody in sight in front of you, and you should be able to see the person behind you, but not close. And when they stop, you stop. You shouldn't be able to talk to them. You should be close enough that you could have a conversation. And so, you know, they may be a quarter of a mile ahead of you. And when they stop, you stop. And this one girl was dying. She was like, I can't do it. I've never been with myself that long. And I'm afraid I'm just going to bore myself to tears, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I had the other side where I had one of my young people very wisely say, um, she, we had a couple of our more introverted ones Mm -hmm. on the trip and she kind of wisely said to everybody else, you know? I'm hearing you all say how hard that was. Almost the rest of this trip is really hard for me.
1: Wow, that's so, a great learning
3: so i I need these times, and it was interesting after they had a chance to like think about it for a few hours by so that was one morning by by evening, they were all saying, "Okay, let's do it again uh the pay the stride thing really threw some of ours off. We've got some real sporty types, right. So well, having to walk slower hurts my stride, and then I I can't get into a rhythm. And of course there's stuff to unpack there. Um, but can we do it as long as we stay quiet? If if can we kind of be together if we stay quiet? And I was like, all right, well, let's try it. And they did great. I mean, we had, you know, a full hour one morning and they were they were, they were quiet. Mm. There was a little bit of pointing at something, right? But um Yeah.
1: What else? What do you think the kids are learning on this pilgrimage? What do you think that you know, Shannon? You've been a couple years out from yours. Alan, you've been a year out from yours. What are your kids still? Oh, you did it this summer. So, Hmm. what are your kids still talking about?
3: Well, they. (laughs) One of the things they're talking about is. uh, I I undersold the hills. Even though I sent them elevation maps, again, are you willing to look at things? So they're still talking about how I, I said, rolling hills, there's some hills, but that translated as flat. So um, they're still talking about that. Uh, yeah, but, they,
1: but Ellen, they always say the first year we went, we did Saria de Santiago and the kids yeah. say, one more hill. Michelle always says, one more hill. And I'm like, I never said that.
3: I know. I, said, I know. It's like, there's
1: probably the... at least one more hill and they right. heard one more hill.
3: Right. Um so, yeah, what I've heard a couple of them talking about is they um, the cultural stuff that we did a little bit of work on, but obviously not enough that they they wanted to be they they were realizing that they they didn't know stuff about the culture about we tried to warn them that the meals are di- are done differently um but I I'm hearing it as they they are now thinking about okay when I go somewhere I I probably need to look think ahead about it. Mm. I may not be able to just go and be the American who doesn't know what's up.
1: Or our kids talk about they don't want to go somewhere and just consume
3: mm-hmm. the
1: historical sites. You know right they want to be you know pilgrims on this journey of life and they don't want to just check off the boxes
3: mm-hmm. and and they i've also heard them saying how hard it is they all we all have kind of a weird reentry stuff but how basically impossible it feels to capture to 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 slow down in the world that mm-hmm. they live mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. like somehow They had to go all, like we were saying earlier, they had to go all the way to Spain and be on an ancient pilgrimage route to say stop.
1: Well, one of our kids in the airport, we were in the airport on our way to Madrid, and he said, where are we going to Spain? Don't we have the Appalachian Trail, like Mm. about an hour from the church? And, you know, it was just so funny because I think you do have to go all that way Mm -hmm. just to realize Mm -hmm. that. And I think you have to walk for a week. Yep. Just to realize yep. you need to stop sometimes in your life
3: right. and you right. know
1: how, and now you can do it again. Right. So would you do this again and what would you do differently?
4: Yes, 100%. I would do it personally with youth, with college students, with adults. Mm-hmm. I'd do it every, mo- every year if I could. Um, but I would emphasize the prep work that is necessary just so everybody stays healthy and well and that we can um, experience as much as possible and maybe focus more for the Camino because I wasn't with the college students ahead of time really um, do some more spiritual practices and centering prayer work before we go Mm -hmm. so they'd have some more tools while they were walking, because I think that's maybe what was missing. We would do devotions in the morning and at night and recap the day, but I don't, I don't know that I prepped them well enough to, to recognize walking as prayer, even though we would talk about it throughout, but give them the tools that, you know, put, it's written in one of the books I had, um, putting one foot in front of the other and being grateful, right? Like just recognizing How grateful you are um, Mm -hmm. with every step, and trying to name that. Um, I think our most successful day on that came with um, came on our. I think it was our last day. We woke up one morning, and each of each of us had a ton of text messages because the shooting in Uvalde had happened mm. while we were in Spain and Texas, (laughs) and so people were reaching out from all over the world i mean really all colleagues were reaching out um and so we had a long chat before we started walking that morning and you know we had been walking with people for days now and they knew we were american right and they knew we were from texas cuz we're kind of we were kind of loud and um very very american on our walks prior um and they looked at us differently more solemnly but uh, we encouraged the students to pick up rocks um you know i picked up 21 and at each marker set down a rock and say a prayer Um, and it just took on such a different tone because we had kind of checked out of the world the rest of the world prior to that and in that moment we were thrust back in um but that powerful shannon that day took on a different tone and i wish i could without without the tragedy i wish i had prepped our students to do that throughout the whole week maybe Mm -hmm. pick up a handful of rocks every day and set them Mm. down and try to say a prayer because i think there's again it's that motion that alan was talking about that movement um something tangible and tactile that allows our students to to pause a little bit because they have to think differently when they're touching something and
1: yeah Mm. alan what about you what would you do differently would you go again
3: oh yeah i'd go again we um we actually have a we're, we're talking about an adults-only trip in a couple of years, um, and that this might be coming every two years to youth, every four kind of thing. Um, yeah, I would definitely do it again. I think, particularly with youth uh, and young adults, I would give myself a, a longer runway. We we started prepping right after Christmas, and then we left in June, and so and we we kind of had to build a fundraising apparatus around ours. So a lot of energy went into that. Uh, so that even though we did some of the spiritual work, uh, we um, we had our prayer book and we used Pray the Day. I, I can't remember who put that out. It might've been Joe Nygaard's group, but um, I can't remember. Um, but it kind of had different times of the day and the prayer that you could do. And they all had that on a card um, or on their phone. Um, so yeah, I would do it again. I would give myself a little bit more runway to, uh, I knew these these kids really well. This These were folks that I knew, but but, but to build in some of that cultural training, maybe a little bit of Spanish, try more food mm. before we yeah. go. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but give more, I don't know they needed more history of the Camino, but, but yeah, those, that the different spiritual practices and may, you know, training, walking training, maybe, um, again, I think no matter what you do, they're either going to train or they're not, um. But yeah, just to have a little more time so that we get there feeling a little more equipped for the whole thing, because I, yeah. I think some of ours felt like we they spent the first three days just trying to figure some things out that we probably yeah. could have taken more care of. Um,
1: and on the route, uh, you're talking about food, but our kids loved the octopus, you know. But to know funny, that ours we're did not have octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, along the way and our kids wanted to eat it every day mm. but we also knew that was the from Saria to Santiago that's the food right. from um yeah. from Portugal the they could not eat another bite of flan not mm. one more bite it was like every night we had flan and they couldn't do it
3: um, yeah. Yeah.
1: but I think food is a big thing
3: Yep. yeah,
1: yeah.
4: And I think that's what our kids, my students are still talking about is the food <laughs> because I had a few mm-hmm. very picky eaters. And so we joked about how they had the, um, essentially the ham and cheese sandwich, you know, every day, like for every meal, one of them did, i right, Still right. giggle about, they're, they're still talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. The bocadillo. Oh man. When, yeah. when Grayson and I did it, we were like, man, I'm good. I need five years before I can have another bocadillo.
1: <laughs> yeah. ham and Ham and cheese. Yeah.
3: Ham and cheese, sausage um, and cheese. cheese. So Peter.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what about a beautiful moment from the trip? I was thinking back to our last trip, and we had a girl who was very anxious because when she stopped, then all the thoughts started to circle. And I wondered um there was a moment where she's about to freak out. And one of our older youth just picked a lemon off a tree and gave it to her and said, why don't you hold this for a while? Mm
4: -hmm.
1: That was it. And that was it. Just a lemon. (laughs) And we were, you know, from the Portuguese route, there's lots of lemon trees along the way. So you just smell this lemon. It's beautiful. And, And you could just see her calm down. And she carried that lemon with her the rest of the week. And... I think probably the rest of her life, that lemon, a lemon is going to remind her to take a, take a smell, remember you're here, you're going to be okay. What about the rest of y'all? Are there beautiful moments that you remember from the trip?
4: Um, one of my favorite moments was our very last night. Like when, when we were getting ready to fly out the next day, um, uh, we were eating dinner together and trying to reflect on the week. And I asked the, asked the students what they thought their gifts were. Um, and none of them could name their own spiritual gifts or gifts that they had. Because um, I like to couch it in like, it's your superhero power, right? Like, what is your, super, like, I can make things awkward and that means it's okay for everybody else. That's not kind mm-hmm. of my um, super Power, Um, and they could not name a single solitary thing Mm. and so they got real quiet and i was grateful because again silence didn't come easy for this crew until the end um and after a few minutes of quiet one of them spoke up and said you know what cliff i think your superpowers this
1: Mm. and
4: they started naming it for Mm. each other
1: for each other that's beautiful and
4: then They because they because they you had to watch each other throughout the week and pay attention to each other, right? Um, and then after that, they were able to claim it for themselves and say, you know what, I don't know that my superpower is this, but my superpower is this, you know, my gift is this. And they and it was great to see that growth in them where they weren't confident enough at the beginning of the conversation to say, this is how I can share my gifts with the world or what my gifts are. Um, but because the rest were paying attention and could recognize each other it was gorgeous it was a beautiful it wasn't like on the trail it was during dinner but it was just a that was a beautiful way to wrap up and to affirm each of those young people who were there and they did it themselves
1: that's beautiful
3: yeah um i think mine we the nature of where we stopped we only had really one night where we were having the, the hostile experience where we're just kind of in there and there's everybody and who knows where your bed is. And, um, but we, we were in a little alcove and, and there were two other people in addition to, there were like four or five of us in this one and four or five in that one. And, and, um, we just, there was a, a woman who came and sat down and, you know, okay, where did you start? And all, all that you, those conversations and this woman, she, we, I don't know if we just, uh, seemed like the people to talk to or what, but she, um, she told us we all kind of where we were from and she had lived kind of all over the world and lived in the United States, but she was from Italy originally. And, and that's where she lived now. And she just kind of bared her soul. I mean, she talked about why she was walking and she was walking with a dear friend and Mm. recently had a diagnosis of her almost adult son, um, for um spectrum and you know trying to figure that out and how hard that had been and we um it was just this this beautiful moment where the the total stranger we're never going to see each other again and i think our group the three or four of us sitting there our willingness to just be still Mm -hmm. listen and allow her to say what had been percolating on the trail uh was it was a really powerful moment um what
1: a what a great gift to learn too
3: for mm -hmm. life yeah right i mean it's yeah one of those chance encounters um sometimes those again it's not somebody that then we went on to be the best friends and we're still Mm -hmm. texting or anything it just we were there for that moment for her.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. We had a, we had a young man we met too um, along the way who'd just broken off an engagement. And so he Mm. just started walking and he was camping. uh, Unlike us that were staying in hotels and, you know, had a meal each night. And so we got to this great old farmhouse and the left side of the road was where our inn was. And the right side of the road was the restaurant we were eating. There was nothing else in this little town and he walked by, and our kids said, oh "My gosh, there's Daniel, can he stop and eat with us?" And we said, "Daniel, you know, one of our kids went over and asked him, "Do you want to eat with us?" And he said, "Oh, I can't afford this place And the boy looked at me like, "Can he come?" And I'm like, "Of course, yes, you know, mm-hmm. invite him, you know I'm giving hand signals and motions and eyes and and so they invited him, and he sat in the middle of the table, and just it was just a gift to hear his story and for him to have some time with, you know, 30 teenagers, you know, <laughs> hanging on every word and comparing countries. And uh, it was beautiful. And I think that's another gift is that the people you meet along the way mm-hmm. are, you know, stay with you.
3: Yeah. And we, you know, you, you kind of get synced up with people, right? So we would, we would kept running into these little pockets yes. of people and the classic thing where we, we had met this, this woman on the first day who uh, she had, it was that she had three sons and then so different people from her family had come to walk with her for a week at a time and she was doing the 500 miles and we saw her the first day didn't see her again and and we walked into the tunnel at the same time um Mm. in santiago and looked over and like oh hey it's our friends from indiana um yeah those little yeah those chance encounters um yeah yeah, and then another just favorite memory we we had one night where we had to be in two actually two separate little towns just to get us all our beds and the guys had to walk an extra i think it was a mile and a half but it was just this most the sun was going down the temperature had finally bottomed out it was one of those par- parts of the path where there's a stone stone wall on either side and um and the place where we were staying had the like little water wheel. I mean, it was, it was just, like, you can't hardly write the script any better, but just to be walking with, with the guys and to hear them with two teenage boys that were with us and the, the other guy adult. And we were just to hear them talking about why that day had, it was our longest day. Yeah. We had walked 18 miles that day. And so we had, and we had our extra mile and a half and for them <laughs> to talk about how proud they were and how much they were so glad they came. And, Mm. Um, that was just that was one of those nice those nice moments um that sunset will always be close yeah so as i've heard you all
0: share all these experiences that you all collectively have and as me as the person outside who mm-hmm. has not done these things who i'm going to now gather up all the folks who are listening at home in their car in their office etc who are in the same boat as me how do they get started heading toward doing this? The logistics of it, the costs, where do they start, all of that? How do we get there? That's a great question, Cliff. Love that.
4: We used, um, at the recommendation of Michelle Thomas Bush, we used Mm -hmm. um, Fresco Tours, and they arranged all of our um, hotels, how far we would walk, and they were great. They give you an orientation at the beginning, they start you off the first day walking um, and then you're kind of on your own, but they, but they've given you a contact too. So if you were to have an emergency, you can do that. Um, and it, that made it so easy because otherwise I don't know if I would know what to do or how to do it. And then right. I bought plane tickets. I mean, there were six of us total, so it was easy to buy six plane tickets. Right. Um, but for 20 or 50, I don't know how you do it. Um, I'm assuming it's similar, but it takes a little
1: extra work yeah and you can also do it by yourself, I mean, I would mm-hmm. say for our youth leaders like this, I think pilgrimage is a new is the new mission trip it, yeah but but you can also go by yourself um or take like shannon did four you know it's a it's a beautiful gift that's good for any church it is a little expensive, I'd say
3: mm-hmm. it's at
1: least thirty two hundred to four thousand dollars
3: yeah yeah we we um Ours was a little different in that because I had been uh, and done it, I had a general sense of kind of how things worked. And although almost every day I was like, Man, I there's about five minutes I remember of this whole day," even though I walked it before. Um, so we we did not use anybody for planning. Uh, part of that is I I really like planning trips. So um, uh, so we had fifteen. So the air travels a little more complicated. So if you're going to take a bigger group, I would say get as far ahead as you can. So maybe even up to a year out, try to get, it's probably too far out maybe to get people to commit, but the sooner you can call and book tickets, because once you get over nine with most airlines, you're into group travel. And so, and that is, um, shockingly difficult when you're trying to give an airline money and they don't want to call you back. And, our local bank credit card kept shutting down when I tried to buy train tickets, and <laughs> so that that stuff can be if if that's your spiritual gift or you feel good about that, go for it. There's there's the you know the internet is or amazing. get a travel agent or get a travel agent or you know I know I I met some folks from Progressive Pilgrimage at uh, at Apsy after I'd already booked everything. Um, and they do, I think similar to Fresco, they they kind of have their set tours and they'll get you where you need to go. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of just how much time and, and, uh, but yeah, ours came out to a, a little less than 3000 a person. Um, but again, that's because we were, it was hustles, uh, and mm-hmm. I did all the booking myself. Uh, well, our team did, I, I didn't do right. all myself. Other people booked things too, but, um, Uh, but even, even train tickets, uh, if you're gonna, like, I had to call, you know, the Spanish rail line to get 15 tickets on the same train, right? Because otherwise they'll sell nine and six online, right? Perfect.
1: Well, I would recommend it. And I know Shannon, you also did a Scotland, Ireland pilgrimage. Do you want to say just a minute about that before we wrap it up? Yeah. So we, um,
4: essentially flew into Edinburgh and spent the very first day, um, doing some mission work at a place called Pishwanton Woods, which is a farm that, um, employs adults with differing abilities and, um, our, most of our kids really loved it and you're tired already. So it makes you really tired and then you get on the rhythm really quick and it bonds the group well. And then, um, Spent a day exploring Edinburgh, and then we went to Iona and stayed two full days on mm. the Isle of Iona. And um, to go back yeah, to the rainy. quiet and silent time, I had some students who said they were really nervous about that, and they were afraid they were going to be bored. But we told the students that they had to spend two hours by themselves um, in silence and it was, and it's a small island um, aisle, and we, you know, had 21 people on it, so we probably were the loud ones, but during that time, those kids, I mean, they came back, and they were like, that was amazing, and they were, mm. some of them were with each other, but not with each other, you know, and you felt free to let them explore, Um, and we did not let them take their cell phones at all, so when, I mean, they, they flew with their cell phones, and the second we landed, Um, In Edinburgh, we took their cell phones and they knew that and they got them back when we got back on, you know, we're at the airport on the way back home. And for 90% of those kids, it was a gift. Um, The 10% that it wasn't a gift, it was because they were getting ready to go to college or they were waiting on, you know, results for something and they felt like they had to check in, but that was the stuff, not the social media aspect of it. It was just the the stress of coming back to all these things that finding out who their roommate was, whether or not they had to register for classes, all that stuff that you can imagine would be um, tough, but it was a beautiful trip. And then we, um, after our few days in Iona, um, we went to Belfast and spent a few days, wow. we worked wow. with... Um, uh, Johnny Clark at Corey Mila. And he came and did a tour with us. He like did a beautiful tour from parliament to all these different places to the peace walls. And the next day was (laughs) the longest day. And they were having a service of lament, um, for survivors. And we had met some of these people early the day before. And so it was just a beautiful way to kind of, um, understand more and to, um, ab- about the troubles and the, and reconciliation and peace. And so, um, it, it was, it was a beautiful trip all the way around. Um, and that trip cost about $4,000 per person. Um, and we worked with the travel agent, um, a local travel agent in Dallas. Um, and there were some missteps and mishaps and I took copious notes. So if anybody wants to, send me an email i'll give you my notes i'll even tell you which rooms to not let your kids stay in yeah. because they have access to a roof you know i mean oh, that's crazy. <laughs> i wrote that yeah. down along with where to eat where not to eat um that can oh, hold yeah. 21 people you know i mean Ann
1: and guzi preston hollow presbyterian Church. <laughs> yeah. You were so. involved. but it was well, a beautiful thank, trip. You. thank you thank y'all for this do you agree that pilgrimage is the new mission trip
3: I so I would is it the new mission trip? I'm not sure if I would say that. I would say it is it is another way of exploring faith that's that includes travel.
1: Oh, that's a great um
3: I I think it needs thing. to be it needs to be in our it, it needs to be on that passport of stamps that youth get before they leave us to yeah. live, mm-hmm. to go out into the world. Yeah.
1: Mm. It's it's exposure,
3: right? It's that idea of like, like you said, they, like the morning and evening prayer ritual was the most powerful experience every day, maybe not. But I also love that they've all they are now all now out in the world, knowing that that is something you can do, and that Mm -hmm. you can travel with the lens of faith anywhere. Right? Beautiful.
4: And I would say it's equipping them for leadership in the church. Mm. and um mm-hmm. giving them hands on practice with spirituality in a way that they might not get anywhere else teaches them to slow down and be okay with silence and that um i never even have to like beg anyone to pray anymore wow. because i just say well someone pray and they they feel um more able to do that than i've seen in the past And they're okay with the silence it takes to start the prayer in the middle of the prayer and to end the prayer in -hmm. a way that most often just is filled with giggles or people staring at you. You know, that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, Or it happens, but not as often. Um, And they're just okay with it. It's, I mean, it's been a beautiful transformation
1: to watch. Thank y'all for being with us today. This has been a great conversation. Thanks for having us.
0: This has been the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. Join us in the Big Ideas and Youth Ministry Facebook group to be part of the ongoing conversation.